I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. Welcome to Nine Cents. Nine Cents is a satanic perspective of our modern world, and I'm your host, Reverend Campbell. It's great to have you. Today is November the 1st, and as of today, we have 46,513,861 worldwide cases of COVID-19, with 1,202,127 deaths. But I still got a great show for you. That's right. And the Devil's Advocate, we're going to be asking the question... Do you have to be focused all the time to be a Satanist? In the Infernal Informant, Day of the Dead has everything to do with the afterlife, love, and those colorful skulls you've seen around. And a Florida man was mauled by a leopard after paying $150 for a full contact experience. I'd say he got his money worth. <laughs> We're going to close it out with Apple Watch Series 6 review. I've never done a tech review on this that I can remember. So, this will be interesting. Anyway, that's at the end. Up until that point, let's you and me have a chat. One-on-one. -on -one. I woke up this morning at 6.30 a.m. And I was like, oh man, it's so nice to sleep in an hour. Looked at my watch, and it said 5.30. The clock right there said 6.30. My watch said 5.30. I completely forgot about daylight savings time. course the old saying goes spring forward fall back so we rolled it back an hour got an extra hour for me to stand next to the coffee maker staring out my back window wondering why am i awake <laughs> what is happening that was my morning pretty messed up trick the gods are fucking with me gary good to see you man kyle how you doing thanks for joining Zachary, it's always nice to see you. Valeria, my dear, how you doing? Wes, <laughs> Wes and Stephanie, uh, I miss you too. Lori, how you doing, hon? Thanks for joining. All right, all right. We got a show. We got a show, but first, because it's November 1st, we just had Halloween. Let's talk about your Halloweeny. <laughs> how was your Halloweeny? While you're working up the courage to show me your Halloweeny, let me tell you about mine. Not so great at all. Made better by the fact that I had a friend reach out and said, Hey, uh, what you guys doing? Can we come over with the kids and just sort of hang out for a minute? And I was like, fuck yeah, that'd be amazing. They came over, made my night. And then the rest of the night was just us staring at the TV going, Why the fuck aren't people coming to our door? <laughs> it's like a ghost town. And I would complain, except... This has been a symptom of my neighborhood for years, plural. I don't have a problem. I have problems, <laughs> plural. This is a real issue. And uh, this was no worse than any other Halloween, but it's just, I, I want to be bothered. I want to be bothered by kids dressed up and knocking on my door shouting trick or treat. What happened 
was we were watching the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I was belting out, singing along to it, and I would hear like little chattering <laughs> coming from outside my front door. I was like, what the fuck is that? What's going on? I was like, honey, I think someone's at the door. So she masks up, opens the door, and there's kids standing out there. They didn't knock on the door and shout trick or treat. Point in fact, not one of the little rotten brats shouted trick or treat the entire night. We had to prompt them to shout trick or treat. So let me ask you parents, what is your problem? Why are you teaching your kids to say trick or treat when they get to the door? These are established norms. I'm not making this up. This is a thing that happens. So if for all of you fucking retards out there, let me spell it out to you. If you're a parent taking your kids trick-or-treating, which you should do before they trick-or-treat on your own, or on their own, that is, you take them up to the house, you stand at the fucking curb, and you let them get scared. One. Step one. Step two, you tell them before they move up to the door and get scared, because they're all alone. Who knows if there's a teenager waiting to jump out from a bush or something. Two, you tell them, knock loudly on the door and shout trick or treat. You don't shout trick or treat, you don't get treats. Then the rules. It's a two-step process, and for some reason, everyone forgot it. We got fucking adults at the door as if they're gonna, like, weasel their way between my knife and their kid. Give me a break. If I'm gonna kill your kid at my door when they're trick-or-treating, your fat ass ain't gonna stop it. <laughs> I got military training. I'm gonna cut your throat, then get to your kid if I'm gonna want to do that. But I don't, because it's Halloween, because I'm not a fucking maniac. This is what we do. Your kid knocks on the door, shouts trick-or-treat, and then I lazily get up at my own time, open the door half drunk, and try to focus my eyes on that it's a, a strange creature dressed up asking for candy at my door, a beggar of sorts, and then I give them candy. This is a social contract we've agreed to from when it was invented in Ireland. What is going on? I don't understand. What is our culture coming to? In a COVID pandemic, you would think even then they would be more apt to shout trick or treat because they want to keep social distance. But no, not one. I blame the parents. You're the problem, you motherfuckers. Goddamn. <laughs> it's really frustrating. I grew up with this. It's not difficult. You knock on the door, you say trick or treat, you get candy, you move the fuck on. Why is this? I don't... <laughs> I don't get it. Alright. Sean, good to see you, man. Thanks for joining Michelle's Guide to Life. Can you explain it? Put a guide together on how to properly trick or treat. That's the guide to life you should be releasing. Oy vey. Yeah! Or die. Your mom did you right. <laughs> I love that. Uh, Behemoth, good to see you, man. Dog, how you doing? Uh, Shauna, hi. I know you. All right. 
Yeah, that was our that was our trick or treat. It was a mad disappointment, but it's always been a mad disappointment. So I can't say that it's any worse than any other year. It's just I don't know. Could have been better. I watched the Rocky Horror Picture Show, and I reflected on when I had a whole bunch of friends over here, and we were at the this theater that we had bought out, and it was like a like a one column, one aisle theater, really. To be honest, let's not bloviate what it is. But we were all like standing around, jumping up and down, singing to the Rocky Horror private screening just for us. It was a good time. That's what I was thinking about. All right. Uh, just for those who may not be in the know, the book club is now officially my Ren book club is suspended. I believe other book club, book club members are going to be picking it up and doing their own thing. If you want to be involved in that, Reach out to me and I will put you in touch. I think it, it is a fantastic thing to run a book club. And I lovingly did it for many months during this pandemic. I just got to take a little bit of a break. But I'm very stoked that others are going to be picking it up and continuing it. Because as Dog said, <laughs> if I joined my local book club, I'd just be reading a bunch of romance novels. But in this book club, you read books that are actually interesting from people with like minds and reading's good not just a hat rack people all right uh, i'm also of course you know last week on monday was the last satanists on cinema episode for a brief time i'm putting that on hiatus as well uh evil live and reading aloud i'm gonna get to as i feel like it um and probably let's be honest everything else like satanists i'm sorry um Speak of the Devil, whenever I feel like it. Uh, Satanists on Cinema, if there's a great horror film that comes out, I'm going to be talking about it, even if I suspend the show for a while. So it's not like I'm not going to be putting out regular content. It's just not scheduled weekly content like Nine Cents, which is going to be continuing at least until I hit the decade, which is February. I'm only a few months away from a decade of doing this shit. That actually resonates with me, and it like sinks in my head really deep like this crazy hook cinnabite hook that says why are you wasting your life on an internet show that no one appreciates <laughs> i shouldn't say appreciates because there are people that tune in but just you know this is kind of just me bullshitting i can't pretend it's something that's not <laughs> why am i doing this when i could be spending time with my wife actually in this whole like uh adam disheveled look this is just me. I got off of my wife's lap as she was playing with my hair and we were watching a shitty food show so I could come do this. So you're welcome, people. I left my favorite place in the world for you. I hope you appreciate it. I shouldn't have, but I did. Ugh. All right. Anyway, let's dive into the show. Devil's Advocate. Let's do this. <laughs> I don't know, Wes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And I was early, too. That's the worst part of it. 
Hold on, I'm throwing up the image. Give me a sec. All right, fun little image for a fun little conversation. I was, uh, I don't brainstorm out these topics. <laughs> I, it's like Sunday morning and I sit down in front of my little Google Doc and I'm like, what am I going to talk about tonight? And I just start, you know, sort of thinking and searching news and stuff like that. And then, you know, I sort of put the show together at that point, uh, groggy with my coffee. And I thought about this because, to be fair, I kind of shit on Satanists a lot. And I don't shit on them out of, like, spite or hatred or anything. Them, as in, you know, I'm included. Um, it's because I want us to be fucking better. We're supposed to be better than what we seem to be. Uh, it's a continual process. It's an evolution of sorts. And so I point out the bad things, and it makes me look like an asshole. And to be fair, it's because I'm an asshole. Um, but the truth is, out of everyone on the planet, I would much rather sit down and have a cup of coffee with a Satanist than anyone else. So it's not like I don't appreciate Satanists. I am one after all, right? Um, and so I, I was, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking like, wow, if, if you were on the other side of the screen, then I am, right? If you're the audience listening to me scream into a microphone uh, while staring into a camera, then you must think that I really don't have much fun or I don't enjoy life or I think every Satanist should be busy and focused on life and preparation and achieving goals and stuff like that. And so I thought, do you have to be focused all the time to be a Satanist? No. And that's the segment. Let's move on to the infernal informant. No. Um, being a Satanist means that you live with intention, Right. You don't just fly by the seat of your pants. You don't just, you're not a hedonist. You're not going out and enjoying every little thing that's flung your way, you know, with wild abandon. You have your goals. You move on to achieve them. But that doesn't mean you have to just be like tunnel vision, serious, and, you know, uh, just reserved all the time. Uh, the doctor explicitly said you, you need a sense of humor. You have to be able to laugh at yourself if you're going to be a successful magician. This is inherent to what it means to be a Satanist. You have to be able to laugh, not just at yourself, at other people. Don't take yourself too seriously. Not to say you can't be serious. You shouldn't be serious all the time, though. And I do feel like I put off this persona like you always have to be serious. And that's not the case. I want to clarify that, but I also want to expand upon it. Because that's what the show's all about, right? Um, we need to celebrate life while we're improving it. It's a sort of double feature, as it were, right? Um, we celebrate our carnal existence. That's what it means to be a Satanist. When it takes away from your life, rather than adding to it, well, then, you know, the difference between indulgence and uh, compulsion is it's taking away from your life. So celebrating your life, your carnal existence, does not mean you are a hedonist and you just compulsively indulge yourself in everything. No, it's, it's a little bit more discerning than that. A little more eyes open. It's like um, if you know you got to drive in a couple hours, well, you're not going to have so many drinks as if you had a DD with you, right? Maybe you have one, maybe you have two. You let the alcohol burn through your system because you're a responsible adult and you know 
how long it takes for you to burn through a glass of X. And then, uh, you know, you drive home when you need to responsibly. It means that you can sort of uh, loosen your tie, but you still got a tie on. All right. Um, we love and hate with our full hearts. This is also a part of what it means to celebrate our carnal existence. We love and we hate with our full hearts. It's going to take a lot. And again, these are sort of stereotypical large points that I'm making. There are exceptions to everything. But by and large, you're not going to hate someone simply because they cut you off. You're not going to hate them because, I don't know, maybe they called you a fucker, you know, for whatever reason. If you're going to do something, you're going to be all in. So they got to be crying out for you to hate them. And equally, you're not going to celebrate someone with your full open heart unless they've earned it, right? That's, that's a passion that needs to be earned. And then when they have, you're all in and you give them every ounce of you. Because we want to enjoy this thing of ours. And as much as it takes energy to love wholeheartedly, it takes energy to hate, which is why I genuinely don't hate anyone out there because I don't want to give them my energy. I don't want to give them all my focus. I'd rather just ignore them and focus my energy in pursuits that I actually enjoy, like loving people. Um, focus on what you need, what you find important, and you discard the rest. We only have so much energy in life, so direct it to your own ends. And you're the one that decides that. No one else gets to, right? So the assholes that you meet throughout your day, they're going to beg for your attention. They're going to beg for your energy to be directed at them. Just don't give it. They're not worth it. Focus on something that's going to actually bring you a little bit of joy because we only have a little bit of time. And that's the best that we get. A little bit of time. Why would you spend it on focusing on someone else rather than yourself? It doesn't make sense. Right? Uh, we take our time on this planet seriously, but not to our own detriment. Uh, if we were serious and we don't enjoy our time, we would be wasting it right? So we find focus and distinguish our time between personal and professional pursuits. A large part of what it means to be a Satanist is to achieve real world results, right? Those results are determined by you toward your own ends. You want to find successes that mean something to you. So whether that's a, uh, winning a cooking contest or uh, fixing a old beat up Dodge for yourself or someone else. Whatever it is that is success to you, that's what you strive for. And when you finished that success, you relish in it. And you find another one and you move on. This is your time. This is all about you as an individual. No one else defines what life is. It's yours to lead. It's yours to fuck up as well. Which is why it's so important to focus on positive ends, again, defined by you. Um, this is something that, you know, I, I often 
reflect on in my own professional life. Am I really enjoying this? I spent my entire life working toward this end. I finally get to this position where I find myself. And I question, am I really enjoying what I'm doing? And more often than not, I kind of am. And it's not always a yes. Some days it's very much a no and I'm miserable. But I have more good days than bad. And to be honest, I can't imagine myself doing anything else that would bring me as much satisfaction as what I do professionally. And so I continue doing it. If at any point I had more bad days than good, I would have to make a change. And it's something that you in life should always be open to. I know change is scary and it doesn't always mean success. It can mean abject failure, but that's okay. The reality is, is if you're not enjoying what you're doing more than feeling like you're wasting your time, then you need to stop. Like you need to, you need to figure out a new way because again, we have like this much time and that's not a lot. <laughs> this is scientific, by the way, that's a human life. <laughs> Stephen Hawking told me, so it must be true, right? Um, all right. So once you've set your, uh, your goals into motion, uh, you're in the moment and you should be enjoying it, right? So focus only takes effort in the planning. So when you reflect back on the original question, do you have to be focused all the time as a Satanist? No, no. Your focus should be in your planning and that's important. And again, it takes conscious effort. But after that, you should be enjoying it because you're supposed to be doing things that you enjoy doing in life, right? You're not grinding away just so you can pay the cable bill. That's not living. I don't think anyone would want to do that. And if that's what you're doing, you should probably question what you're doing. You should find some joy in the activities that you choose to engage in in life. But the focus should only be in those planning stages. After that, you should be enjoying it. You should be having fun. You should be cutting loose. You should be you experiencing the moment, not focusing and serious and contemplating your next lesser magic strategy. <laughs> That's not really being in the moment, right? Uh, hard work and effort is not inherently a bad thing. So the other side of that coin of being able to truly enjoy the life that you're leading is not to shy away from hard work. This is something that frustratingly I find in my kids and a lot of other people that I meet after my generation. Anecdotally, but still my experience, people don't like to put in hard work. They, they want things to come to them just easily. And the truth is, is in life, you meet more failures than you do successes. But that's the way it works. That's how life works. Ask anyone. That's the reality of it. If you think it's different, then you're living in a Disney fantasy. And that's, that's not reality at all. Not yours, not anyone's. Um, hard work isn't a bad thing. You focus on what you want. You work hard to get it. But you can still enjoy the hard work. Every single morning uh, in the weekdays, I wake up 
and I bust my ass working out, exercising. I don't particularly enjoy any of it. <laughs> While I'm actively shaking from muscle failure, ready to pass out, sweat dripping and drenching my clothes, I don't enjoy that. But I kind of do. And I certainly do after the fact. I enjoy how I feel, what it does for my heart, for my muscles, for my body. I enjoy that. And I know that my wife is going to enjoy it later on. So it's not all bad, right? Hard work is not a bad thing. We shouldn't think of it in those terms. When you're working for something you want, it's not a bad thing. Um, and always remember that life is as fun or as miserable as you allow it to be. And it all depends on your focus and your openness to external influences. Um, don't be afraid to be uncomfortable. I think it's important to open yourself up to stressful situations, to uncomfortable situations, to the chance of failing, because you're going to learn something from every single one of those experiences. And it's going to force you not to take it seriously. You cannot take yourself seriously and fail. You just can't. When you fuck up, you, you got to recognize it and you got to say, all right, <laughs> I made a mistake. I'm going to learn from it and I'll try not to do it again. I may do it another thousand times, but I'm going to try and I'm going to take the knowledge I learned. If you start taking yourself too seriously, you're going to get ulcers. You're going to have physical ailments because of it and you're not going to enjoy your life. And when we're only here for this long, again, scientific proven length of time, uh, <laughs> you gotta have a little bit of fun. So when I, when I think of what it means for me as a Satanist to live my life, yes, there's a little bit of seriousness. There's a little bit of focus. There's a little bit of drive. Well, there's a lot of drive, but I'm not focused on the seriousness of it. I'm not focused on the, like, just putting my head down and working. I'm focused on the journey, but I'm living in the moment of that journey. And I'm enjoying it. Every ounce of pain, every ounce of trial, of failure, find joy in it. That's the only way that you learn. It's the only way that you can grow as a human. And it's important. All right. Uh, hard to keep the infernal fires going if you aren't happy, at least when the jury is going to go. Yep, totally true. Um... Looks like representative of what happens in China happening in the U.S. Wonder, what the hell are you guys talking about? You guys aren't even talking about the show at all. <laughs> uh, what's up, silly? It's been a long time, man. How you doing? Leon, how you doing, man? Do you feel like your focus can drift from experience to experience without being fixed on one thing? Well, I mean, yes and no, right? And I guess it depends on, on what you're trying to focus on. Um, I like to think of the day in terms of hours. It sounds stupid, but roll with me for a second. Um, I wake up and until my ass needs to be in my office seat, those are my hours. I spend it working out, showering, shaving. Okay. Well, clearly not shaving, uh, drinking coffee, enjoying myself. Then from our to end of beginning of workday to end of workday, those hours are professional and I'm focused on that. 
As soon as my end of day hits, I no longer think about work at all, and I'm focused on my family time. Um, and so my focus is going to shift depending on the hour of the day, but during those hours, I am continually focused on that one thing, and I'm not breaking that, deviating. Uh, it's one reason why I can't stand social media, because social media, it, it actually makes you focus on other people's hours rather than your own. You're focusing on what other people are doing, what other people are sharing, what other people are thinking, what experiences other people are having. I want to be focused on what I am doing because that means I get to enjoy it. I'm not going to feel bad because I'm not doing what X or Y is doing or having as good of or bad of a day as X or Y is having. I'm focusing on my experience because as a Satanist, that's what's important. So my focus definitely throughout the day shifts. It just depends on the hour of the day we're talking and again, the day of the week that we're talking because I do have a set schedule. I have weekends off all the time. So my weekends are sort of drifting. But whatever you're doing, that's where your focus should be lying. And again, you know, you have your sort of daily focus. You should also have this uh, sort of general bird's eye view focus on the trajectory of your life personal and professional, right? You should be carving out times to focus and develop your professional life. You should be carving out times to focus and develop your personal life. Different aspects that you want to explore in your personal life, whether you just want some fuck off time or whether you want to spend some time devoted in another human being or maybe into creating other human beings and then, you know, helping them grow in a proper human fashion to say trick or treat when you knock on the door at Halloween. Assuming you knock, because most of them didn't. Bastards. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not sore or anything about it, clearly. Uh, that, that, that's how focus, in my personal opinion, should be driven. In the moment, depending on the day, professional and personal. Then you can just pinpoint focus on what you're doing, have fun doing it, but do it in the best possible way that you can. All right. Um, sorry, I'm just looking at comments. Let's uh, let's jump into. God damn, I look disheveled as fuck. I should have at least put on a button-up shirt. <laughs> sorry, this is relaxed day, Adam. <laughs> this is behind the scenes, Adam. <laughs> let's do a little infernal format. Party too hard for Halloween, Adam. That may have been it. <laughs> More accurate. <laughs> Alright, let's have fun with this. Day of the Dead has everything to do with the afterlife, love, and those colorful skulls you've seen around. This is from CNN.com. It was actually released in 2019, but it was one of those articles that they sort of re-release every year. Families are spreading bulks of marigold petals, lighting up candles for their loved ones. And some are even wearing colorful skull makeup. 
It's Dia de los Muertos, the Mexican holiday, also known as Day of the Dead. It extends over the first two days of November and has nothing to do with Halloween. It's actually an ode to the afterlife and a reminder that death is nothing to be afraid of. Artisans make colorful sugar skulls. Skulls are a powerful symbol in the Aztec culture, and some were used as tributes to Mictecahuati, the goddess of death. Perfectly pronounced. That's how you say it. Definitely. Uh, to celebrate the holiday, artisans spend hours turning sugar, hot water, and lime into a sugar paste, similar to caramel, that they mold into skull-shaped treats of all sizes. These treats are then decorated with icing, multicolored foil, and sometimes feathers. Calaveritas are, for the most part, edible. <laughs> for the most part. Except for the feathers. Everyone knows feathers are not edible. <laughs> Uh, but people mainly use them to decorate their altars. People carefully build altars for the dead. The colorful multi-level memorials are built in homes, schools, and public places as a tribute to deceased loved ones. The different levels represent the underworld, earth, and heaven. A large photo of the deceased is usually placed at the very top of the altar with papel picado, sugar skulls, candles, Pan de Muerto, Dead Man's Beard, Bread, uh, and Mexican marigolds are featured throughout the altar. The pungent scent and bright color of the fresh marigold petals are meant to guide the spirits to their altars, and glasses of water are handy to quench the thirst of the dead after the long journey. The ofrendas, offerings, are the altar, as the altars are called, are carefully assembled using many traditional elements, but each of them is unique on its own. They can be personalized with the dead person's favorite food, mementos from their lives, and their favorite items. Some altars have books, jewelry, music, and clothes on display. Crowds descend on cemeteries. People flock to cemeteries throughout the holiday to visit the graves of dead relatives and friends, but they're not mourning or empty-handed. After cleaning the graves and headstones, some decorate with flowers, marigold petals, and light up candles, while some come to pray in silence. Others serenade their lost loved ones with mariachis. Uh, people make their way to the gravesites every year to keep the memory of the deceased alive in their hearts and in the minds of their family members. They share stories, drink, and eat together as if it were a party. Skeletons walk among the living. People parade the streets with beautiful skulls painted on their faces and wearing costumes in commemorate, uh, to commemorate Dia dos los de los muertos uh, women usually paint their faces wear elegant dresses and hats adorned with feathers and flowers they're actually evoking la catrina a rich skeleton lady in a fancy floral hat the image sketched by mexican artist jose guadalupe posada in 1910 was political satire that mocked mexico's upper class and their negative attitude toward the indigenous people Crowds dance in cheerful parades held during the day in numerous cities or parade together on their way to cemeteries the night of Halloween. I have to say, um, I give the rubber stamp of approval on this. <laughs> Not because of, you know, any type of afterlife. I think that's all nonsense. But this is, this is living eternally. This is immortality. This is your ancestors keeping you alive in memory and experience. That is magic.
There's no other way to view it. This this is beautiful. I absolutely adore this, 100%. Uh, I, I wish this was an American tradition. We've stolen enough from Latin America. Can we just steal this too? Let's just tack it on. Halloween plus, <laughs> right? Halloween de los muertos. Let's do this. I just want a couple extra days to enjoy and to, to remember, to reflect. I went, uh, I recently went to a, uh, my friend who committed suicide when I was in high school to his grave site. They fucking moved and rotated the headstone. I didn't know you could do that. They were just allowed to do that. I, I didn't know that. So I'm like wandering around looking like uh, uh, Night of the Living Dead trying to find my friend's gravestone that I've been visiting for like 15 years or more. And I can't find this fucking thing. It was crazy. If they had like a Day of the Dead where we could like construct altars and like that'd be badass. Celebrate those that have uh, died. They... Because they're gone doesn't mean they had less impact or the impact that they had is no longer relevant. It's still just as important. And it's a way to keep them alive. I think that's great. That's pure and true immortality. Fuck. You don't have to be famous either. <laughs> you, you could have made tortillas every morning for breakfast and that was your crowning achievement in life. And still you get to live forever. That's a wonderful thought. Again, this is our lifespan. Wouldn't it be nice if our memory was much longer? The memory of us anyway? Beautiful. I don't know why they moved him, Ruth. I was, uh... <laughs> like, there was... To be fair, there's no one there, like, standing by waiting. So, you know, like, an attendant as I go in. I've never seen anyone who works there. Um, but yeah, I was shocked. I was like, what the... You're over there, not over here. And it's rotated? And they added, like, a whole new... Uh, uh, concrete base around the headstone along with a hole that you can like put flowers in which I kind of appreciate I thought that was a very nice touch but still don't just move it on people <laughs> what ah! yeah it was weird um, I, I love Day of the Dead not only because that that sort of um, true if you want to think of America in terms of Americas that true Latin American flair of dress and music and color I love um, but the the essence of it is just beautiful right you're gonna find this in every culture in some way um, and that's why I, I'm, I'm always hesitant to ever shit on anyone else's culture because the truth is is as with anything you can find beauty buried underneath the layer of bullshit that you have to deal with in a culture <laughs> right we all have it. We just have to dig for it sometimes. And with uh, Latin America, you don't really have to dig at all. They just bring it out. And they put it in your face. And you just got to appreciate it. And I love it. So that's why I want to talk about it. All right. Second article. Ooh, let me throw up the image real quick. Uh, talk amongst yourselves. All right, this is just a big bag of dumb. A Florida man was mauled by a leopard after paying $150 for a full contact experience. <laughs> I mean, the news writes itself sometimes, am I right? <laughs> 
This is from KRCRA.com. Uh, I guess it's a local station. A man in Florida was mauled after paying $150 for a full contact experience with a black leopard. Dwight Turner, 50, has undergone two surgeries since being attacked by the animal on August 31st. His wife, Natushka Turner, said in a sworn written statement to the Florida Fish and Wildlife Cons Conservation Commission, FWC. Dwight Turner and the leopard's owner, Michael Pogge, 54, arranged for him to play with it, rub its belly, and take pictures. On Pogge's property in Davie, FWC, said in a captive wildfire uh, report. Um, leopards don't know about your Instagram account. <laughs> I don't know if you know this or not. Uh, it doesn't mean anything. You're a big bag of meat. <laughs> and if they're hungry and you put a big bag of meat in front of someone, they're going to take a bite. That's just that's how it works, man. What is wrong with human beings? What? I'm not even done with the article. Why do we put wild animals in cages so we can stare at them and poke them with sticks? What? And then, why would you think it's ever a good idea to fork over some cash so you can stand in there and take a picture? No, no, Black Leopard, look at the camera. Look at the flash. Look at the flash. Fucking losers. You deserve your face to be ripped off. Morons. <laughs> Mr. Turner sustained injuries on the right side of his head and right ear. Mrs. Turner stated that she had the place uh, that she had to place part of Mr. Turner's scalp back in place because it was hanging from his head. <laughs> and his right ear was torn in half. Ah! <laughs> That's a nightmare. No, honey, let me just put your face back on. Oh, just hold it there. Give me your hand. Hold, hold your face back in place. Oh, can you imagine the horror? Holy shit. Uh, Pogi was issued two misdemeanor citations for allowing full contact with an extremely dangerous animal and with maintaining captive wildlife in an unsafe condition, causing extensive damage, according to FWC. CNN has made several attempts to reach Pogi without success. It is unclear whether he has a lawyer. Well, you're not going to be able to reach him because his face is hanging off of his skull. He can't answer the phone and hold it in place at the same time. Maybe he doesn't have Siri, all right? You can't just... <laughs> Why are, what are we doing? This is human nature. This is what we're doing with our time. Un... <laughs> All right. Um, um, this has nothing to do with Satanism. I think this just has to do with being another animal on the planet. What do, why are we doing this? Why are we putting animals in cages? Why are we acting like this is okay behavior? It's one thing to have pets because you're enriching their lives in the same way that they're enriching yours. Right? Like, that's the best case scenario. But if you're just buying a black leopard so that you can sell time slots to idiots who want to take a selfie with them, 
what are you doing with your life? Like, as a society, why are we approving these people to continue to exist, let alone to make a buck off the back of a wild creature? It's not enough that we destroy their environments. It's not enough that we destroy our environments. We didn't learn enough from enslaving humans, so let's just go ahead and enslave other animals because, hey, they're not humans, so it's okay, right? What? This isn't a one-time thing. This is norm. This is like, this is an entire industry. This one black leopard who probably got put down because he did what came natural to him in the moment is not the exception. He's the rule. This is how wild animals react. It's a fight or flight environment that they exist in. They're always in their lizard brain. We need to stop pretend we this this I think this is Disney's fault. This is <laughs> go with me for a second. This is all Disney's fault. We have created intelligent human intelligences inside of animal cartoon bodies for so long, for so many years that we've stopped thinking of them in the terms of animals. We think of them like toys or stuffed animals, which are toys. We think of them as attaches, as photo ops. We don't think of them in terms of they need to eat, they need to feel safe, and they need to fuck. That is what the animal kingdom has always revolved around, and we are the ones stopping it. We're the ones getting in, our, in their way of, of just existing. We're not enriching their lives, and the worst part about it is that we know that we're not doing it. We know we're making it worse for them. But because there's fucking assholes like this willing to pay to get a photo with them, we rationalize that, no, no, it's okay. It's okay because they're paying my bills. They're keeping my lights on. If you cannot keep your lights on on your own accord, you don't deserve to have lights. Turn them all off and put yourself in the cage with a black leopard. Because you deserve to be the bag of meat that you are. You no-talent, worthless piece of shit. This drives me nuts. This is a whole cultural movement. Everyone's like, hey, let's go to the zoo. Oh no, but they treat the zoo animals well because they like them. They feed the zoo animals well. Meanwhile, they're still in prison! This is a prison! They're not having fun! They're not enjoying their time. They're in prison. If you can't recognize that, then you clearly have never connected with your true animal nature. Because that's the reality of the animal world. We want to move about. Everyone's, you know, so fucking up in arms about America potentially restricting these rights that we made up. There's entire natural rights that animals have and exist in outside of our own universe that we've crafted. Has nothing to do with us and should have nothing to do with us. And we should allow it because it, it's the way that all of the species on this planet have evolved thus far. We're the ones getting in the way. 
We're the ones stopping it. Fucking A, humans. Just get the fuck out of the way, man. And can I just say to all of those wild animals out there, the next time someone wants to take a selfie with you, bite their face off like this black leopard did. <laughs> you got a friend in me. Because <laughs> they're all watching my shitty YouTube channel. <laughs> okay, Reverend Campbell, that's a good idea. Oh, man. Just a big bag of dumb people. Let's do some creature feature. Uh, no, Ruth, they did not say that they uh, killed the creature. Uh, that was me jumping to conclusions. Alright, I don't think I've ever done a hardware review before. And I feel awkward doing one now, if I'm being 100% honest with you. Uh, but I'm compelled. And I'll explain that in a second. Alright, so this is the Apple Watch Series 6. It was just released uh, like two weeks ago or three weeks ago. Um, I've avoided these with my life. I figured if I have a phone that tells time, why do I need anything on my wrist? Uh, and then I started using apps on my phone to create workout programs for me to work out to. And I thought, well, that's great. And I run. And so I use apps on my phone to track my running. But that means that I have to have a strap going around my arm and a phone tied into that strap. And then I'm running with this big brick on my arm. And then when I'm done, it's drenched in sweat. So I have to wash it off. And it's a whole big process, right? I thought, wouldn't it be nice if I could just have this little thing track all the information that this big brick on my arm did, but it was just a tiny little band on my wrist. Wouldn't that be great? Well, yeah, it would. And it exists. It's called the Apple Watch. And it's like, it pairs with my phone. So it literally has all of my communication that my phone has right on my wrist. I can make phone calls with it. I don't even have to have my phone near me. It's the perfect running companion. So I thought, all right, maybe someday I'll get one uh, when my phone no longer fits the, uh, the, you know, the three models previous version of the armband that I got to strap my phone into. Then the new phones are coming out and the new watch comes out and I think, all right, you know what? I'm just going to dive in. I think it's a really good idea. It'll track my, my heart. You know, I, I just had a physical that kind of scared me and it scared my doctor. I realized that the tests were a little wonky and it wasn't as bad as I, I was told it was, which was a huge relief. I am actually as healthy as I thought I was. So um, I didn't actually have to change my lifestyle at all, uh, but I was prepared to. And the fact is, is I still would like to be able to track all those, you know, peak heart rates, um, that, uh, I'm going through to make sure that I'm reaching my target heart rate when I exercise for a prolonged period of time. And it syncs up that one thing that I, I don't think people who are already Apple users realize is that there's the Apple ecosystem, uh, Apple ecosystem that like, um, Apple actually takes all of the medical data that you allow it to 
not just locally from your phone or from your watch, but from every doctor you visit ever. And they synthesize that data so that those doctors can then pull from that or push to that so that all that data is stored all central and localized so that you have access to your medical data. And if you don't think that's important, you've never really gone through any scares medically and you've never had to switch doctors and have them have no history about your medical experiences. I have like chronic asthma. And if I don't take medications on a daily and monthly basis, I will not be able to breathe and I will fucking die. And so it's important for my doctors, whomever I go to, to have my medical history, to understand the process that I've gone through thus far so that they can then help me move forward with my medical diagnoses, right? Um, and so I thought that was a really wonderful tip is that I could use this watch also, not just to track my hiking or my running or my exercises, but I could also use it to synthesize that medical data and really capture it firsthand in the moment. Um, I didn't ever want to get a watch because I don't want to hide my tattoos. But the fact is, is I've got a wolf's hook on my wrist and I've gotten more negative comments than positive comments about it. So it's not that big of a deal for me to kind of hide it from time to time when I'm wearing the watch. Here's the problem. I haven't even gotten into what the Apple's propaganda is about the watch yet. Here's the problem I have with the watch. Well, here's the problem I have with all technology. They gamify it. They, they, uh, they give you these things called uh, rings, which is, you know, for like uh, exercising. Uh, oh, fuck. What is it for? It's for uh, moving, exercising, and standing, right? So the more you do this throughout the day, depending on the calorie goals that you set, it closes up those rings. And so you're, you're forced with this constant reminder that you need to close these rings. And it's not a bad thing because it's you being active, which is good for your health. And so it promotes your own goals you set, but it, it encourages you to complete those goals. The problem is that it gamifies it. So now I'm obsessed. If it's like, 9.30 at night and I'm watching a fucking horror movie with my wife and I look down and I don't have a closed ring, I get a little anxiety ping in my head. I'm like, oh shit, I haven't been as active as I should have been. And so I stand up and I'm walking around just to close those fucking rings. It's a little, it's a little messed up is all I'm saying. You gamify something, it's not always a good thing. I understand the intention is good. Okay, so um, this is how Apple is selling the Apple Watch. It is the ultimate device for a healthy life. If Don't get an Apple Watch if you want to just have a watch. There's no reason. Don't get an Apple Watch if you just want to make phone calls from your watch. You're not Dick Tracy. There's no reason for it. Get an Apple Watch if you want to collect health data. That's the only reason. That's it. There's no other reason. That's the reason why I got it, and that's the reason why it was built. Uh, Apple Watch can do what your other devices can't because it's on your wrist. When you wear it, you get a fitness partner that measures all the ways you move, meaningful health insights, and a connection to the people and things you care about most. And it's always just a glance away. Move, exercise, stand. Track all the ways you're active. Activity rings show your daily activity. Make it your goal to close them every day, to keep you motivated. There are awards, personalized coaching, and activity uh, 
competitions. Yeah. So this is something that you can like, so like connect with other people. Like I've just connected with my wife because I don't care about other people. Um, and so I see how much she's, you know, successfully moved, I guess. I don't know how you exercised, how active she's been throughout the day compared to me. And I'm like, uh, when I'm ahead, I'm feeling pretty good. When I'm behind, I'm like, I gotta be more active today. Again, it's a net positive, but it's still a little annoying, <laughs> you know? Um, but there are some other benefits. Uh, Apple Watch is water resistant up to 50 meters. So if you're a swimmer, you can actually wear it while you swim. It'll track your activities. It works with your iPhone to help create a schedule and bedtime routine. It actually tracks sleeping patterns, which is I never even considered before. I, I have a terrible, I don't sleep well at all, ever, period. I sleep better when I don't drink, which is great, which is during the week, but the weekends, it's pure garbage. But it tracks how deep of a sleep you're in, whether you're in REM sleep or just light sleep, and it tells you how, how much meaningful sleep you got. And if you want to then set goals for yourself, which you should, getting a good night's rest is incredibly important. I don't ever get them, which is why I know that it's really important to be able to get them. I strive, I yearn for a good night's sleep. Dare I say I dream for a good night's sleep, huh? Um, it also has a heart rate app, which will alert you to heart irregularities. I like the idea that it, not only it'll track my target heart rate and how long I've sustained that, which is incredibly important if you're actually gonna do any type of aerobic exercise, um, it also, it, if it finds irregular, irregularities in your heartbeat at any given moment, it's going to tell you, which some people, that's a real problem. So that's a good thing. Um, it can detect if you've taken a hard fall and connect you with emergency services if you're immobile, which is a huge net benefit. Um, it automatically detects when you're washing your hands and encourages you to do so for a full 20 seconds. That's a little annoying, if I'm being 100% honest. Like, I, I know how to wash my hands. I'm a grown man. I don't need to tell me. What happens more often than not is I'm still washing my hands and it's like chiming on my wrist saying, good job, you can stop now. I'm like, I'm not done yet. I still got soap in my hands, motherfucker. Like, you don't tell me. I know. <laughs> You're a stupid watch. Um, there, it has apps to help you focus on your overall health and wellness by letting you easily track your menstrual cycle. Problem for me personally. Um, protect your hearing from loud sounds and practice mindfulness. So it'll tell you to get drinks of water. You know, if you want to set that per your day, it'll tell you to stand up if you need to do that. If you don't stand up enough, if you're sitting down too much, um, but also just to breathe, which on his face sounds really stupid, but it's really important to take a second in a stressful day and just... A few times, just a few times, brings everything back in focus. It's really great for you. Little things like that, that in the course of the day, you don't consider because you're in the moment, you know, you're working on a deadline, you're trying to get your work out, whatever it is. And you don't think about those things that only take seconds, but can actually help relieve immense amount of stress and enable you to have a better quality of life. Um, it's nice to have that, if you need it, that little extra hand, you know, tapping you saying, hey, 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 stand up for just a second, all right? Um, 
It measures your blood oxygen levels and important indicator for your overall wellness. Yeah, but I, I mean, like, and the other thing is it has an EKG. It'll give you like a little electrocardiogram, which you can take on your watch. That's kind of like icing. That's like the cherry on the top. Like, you don't need it in a watch. I mean, it's nice that it exists. It's nice that it's there, but you don't really use it on a day-to-day -day basis. And I got to be honest, I don't use my watch for a watch. I use my watch to track my fitness and to set goals so I can be healthier and live a better quality of life. That's it. It is my coach. That is all I use it for. And as much as I complain about closing those doggone circles, it's actually brought my awareness to my overall activity on a day-to-day -day basis in a positive way. And that's, that's kind of great. Um, as someone who has had scares medically my entire life, and as someone who, you know, I, I need to focus on being healthy so that I can actually live. <laughs> I'm not one of those people that can just lead a shitty lifestyle and continue to exist. I actually, <laughs> I have to be regimented or else I will literally die. Um, it's important to have that extra hand. And my watch does that surprisingly. And I feel like a fucking tool saying it. I feel like a total douchebag for wearing it. But it helps me. And so I love it. And it's weird to say that. But I do. So, fuck you if you don't like it. <laughs> no, if, if you want to track your fitness goals, it's a great companion to do so. There are inexpensive versions of it without those little bells and whistles that you don't need. Um, so if budget is an issue... You don't really have to worry about that as much, though they still are a little pricey for some people. Um, I love the fucking thing, and you know, I'm, I'm like a, I don't, I don't go crazy over technology often. You know, I want a good TV because I want to be able to watch a movie and I want it to be able to shock me when I watch it. I want to drive a good fucking car because I want to be comfortable and I want it to be eco-conscious. I want to have a good fucking phone because I take a lot of videos and I take a lot of photos. And so it's important to me to have a quality camera on the phone. As long as the phone works, that's great. Um, and now, I've kind of been converted into having the Apple Watch because it's actually helped me in the time that I've had it. So it's not for everyone. I don't think everyone should try to get it. But for those who do, you should. <laughs> And that's it. That's the show. Have I been on an hour? I've been on an hour. All right. Oh, God. It looks so disheveled. I swear, next time I will trim up my beard, which I did not do. I'll put on a button-up shirt, which I clearly did not do. And I will comb my hair, which I also clearly did not do. But that's for next week. Thank you, guys. Thank you for tuning in to another show. Uh, if you want to support the show, subscribe. <laughs> it's free. And it just takes a click. And, uh... If you really like the episode, you could always click the little like button and share it if you want to share it. And if not, that's okay too. Thank you for your time and attention. I really appreciate it. Until next week, hail Satan. <laughs>